What's going on, podcasting world? Welcome back to another episode of the Core Consult RX podcast. Cole and I are joined by a couple very special guests coming in virtually today. Mm-hmm. We are joined by Dr. Sarah Lawrence and Dr. Um, Dr. Castingay. I almost messed up his name after I just asked him how to pronounce <laughs> it. How are both y'all doing today? Thank you so much for being here with us. Michael, thank you for having us, and we're certainly happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here and thank you for the warm welcome. Yes, no problem. I, Good. I can honestly say this is the first pharmacy podcast I've ever been on. So Is it really? <laughs> well, so we we got to set the bar high then for sure. Cuz there's so many of them, you know. <laughs> I think we're probably uh the ground level, so it can only go up from here. Yeah. So this is good. Your career is going to take off from here with podcasting. So y'all, y'all are calling in from uh, No Fully, and you guys want to uh, got in touch with me because um, and and I talked to Dr. Kevin Hope, who was on the podcast, um, probably what six months ago. Cool, might have been a, probably maybe a year, a year now. ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, he had talked about some of the programs and uh, continuing education through pharmacists. And now you guys have a brand new program rolled out to help students in pharmacy school study for the NAPLAX. So. You know, this is something we kind of is a little different from us because we are definitely not software guys or <laughs> into anything like that. We're standardized testing pros. So what did I, we, I think we skated skated by by the seat of our pants. There probably. you go. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to talk to you both and kind of see how this all came about. But um, you know, Dr. Castingay, you were kind of involved with uh, overseeing this and and the No Fully Health and all the other exams software that you guys were putting out. So how have you always been involved in this space, or is this something? that is kind of just evolved over your career? Um, It's definitely something that's evolved. Um, I'm a CPA by background. Uh, My PhD is in accounting, so nothing really related to health. Um, But the CPA exam product side is pretty well defined by this point. So I got brought on about 14 months ago to be the director of exam prep, um, which included most of our accounting and financial products. And then recently, we've been expanding to more health-focused, more pharmacy-based. And with that comes the NAPLEX exam. And given that the way we deliver the product is kind of the same across all platforms, it made sense to put it under us, even though it wasn't a core financial or accounting type topic. Was it hard kind of making that transition from the accounting, the finance world into the healthcare space? Or was it kind of a smooth transition for you? Overall, we have a good team that was on the pharmacy side. Uh, Kevin Hope, who you said was on earlier, uh, we work closely with Kevin. Sarah, those guys do a wonderful job on the content side, so that helps because, you know, I can tell you when I look at the blueprint for the NAPLEX exam and I see employee various techniques to calculate or patient's nutritional needs, I don't know anything about patient nutritional needs. Sarah probably does. But when it actually came to putting that into the exam product, it was helpful to have them all along the way carrying us through, showing us what the topics were. Very cool. So, Dr. Lawrence, you uh, are a PharmD and also board certified in geriatrics. Is that correct? Yes, that is. So how long have you um, been on this side of giving tests and and working on this side of the uh, the test prep um, versus like actually taking them yourselves? (laughs) Well, I am new to No Fully Learning Group. I've been with the company since April, but I've been involved in education 
for a number of years as a pharmacist educator. I was in academia and I have done work in the pharmacy technician space on prep, um, pharmacy technician certification exam prep programs and question writing. So this transition into working at Nofully um, and on our educational products has been a natural one for me. So I'm bringing several years of, of varied experience to the space. That's awesome. When, when you were in school, did you kind of always have academia as sort of the direction you wanted to go in, or was that something that kind of evolved? Not at first. When I was at the end of my pharmacy school career, I, I was just ready to get out there and work. And I ended up doing a, a residency my first year out. And during residency, I had the opportunity to do a teaching rotation with a senior faculty member. And that really was the start of my interest in education and academia. I loved that rotation, enjoyed every moment of it. And in each successive position that I took after pharmacy school, I always sought out the opportunity to be involved in education, whether that was patient education or education of other healthcare professionals. And then, as I mentioned, I was in academia for a few years at a college of pharmacy and now work um, in Nofully Learning Group at our um, pharmacy education and our pharmacy education division. So, nice. so why the, um, the choice to do the certification in geriatrics? I know that's not the most common one that people get. Was there a rotation that you liked that uh, just prompted you to say, you know, I want to I want to go for this certification? I did my very first rotation um, in geriatrics at the VA hospital, and that cemented my interest. Then my first full-time position after residency was working in the corporate office of a long-term care pharmacy company, cool. influencing corporate policy, medication use policies, um, working on the clinical team. And so that was a natural place to get experience to qualify for that geriatric board certification. Great. That's awesome. So Nofully uh, started off in the finance space originally, right? And then transitioned into the healthcare space? Correct. Uh, finance and accounting space. And then we moved into the health space pretty recently. Okay. The, uh, the, the CPA, isn't that like seven exams all like to finish that that program <laughs> if i remember correctly luckily we're down to four. Oh um, man four still four exams <laughs> still four and they have a timing period so you have an 18 month window to pass so if you pass one and then you don't pass the other three within 18 months you lose the one you passed oh hmm. no pressure or so, anything you know none not not <laughs> at all <laughs> That's that's crazy. So uh, my cousin actually just went through that process, and I remember, uh, yeah, her, her dealing with some of the stress of that timeline. So that's that's great. That's a tough tough thing to accomplish. Um, what uh, as far as like tests, like study preps and things like that, can you kind of walk us through like your specific program? Like, you know, there's there's a lot of test programs on the market right now. Um, what kind of is special about yours? Kind of unique to yours? Sure. So the thing that we have that sets us apart from a lot of the other products is we have what's called an adaptive technology. So we have about 1,900 questions that are in our QBank right now. Um, and within those 1,900 questions, if you start with our product using the adaptive tech, you'll take a 250-question assessment. 
And what that assessment is doing is it's saying, what do you know and what do you not know, right? So if you already know a ton about nutrition, if, if that's a strength area where you're really strong and you get all those questions right, we now know you probably don't need to spend a ton of time studying that material. But if you get into it and you get into, let's see, what do we have here? Compound sterile and non-sterile products and you miss all those questions, we know you need to spend more time in that topic. So what the adaptive technology does is it starts to say, okay, how are you doing? What do we need to start showing you? And then once you get in the platform and you start studying, it'll give you more of the questions you need to see more of, the areas where you're weaker, and it'll start showing you less of the areas that you're stronger in because, again, if we're trying to just have you pass it in the quickest way possible, you don't want to spend time on things you already know, right? Because you're going to see it. You're going to click through it in 10 seconds because you know the answer. Right. Nice. Uh, so it's a pretty good platform for trying to cut down on time. Yeah, I like that because just thinking back to my prep for the Naplex, which, you know, was effectively a year long. Um, and, and, and I don't know that I went through 1900 questions, but, um, you know, fair amount of questions. Uh, I kind of had to do that for myself, which was definitely time consuming and inconvenient trying to, you know, mark something that I, I didn't really know was fully. And even if I got that question, right, just putting a little note beside it, like, Oh, I should probably look over that again. Uh, would have been nice to have something prompting me to, um, you know, study something else without me having to think about it. Oh, absolutely. And you actually just brought up something that we have in the product. So when you answer a question, whether it's in the assessment phase or the study phase, you can hit, I guessed. So nice. even if it shows that you got it right, if you flag it as I just guessed on this, it's not going to give that, it's not going to give you points to say, you know it. So you're going to see that type of question or a question on that content area again, because you're telling us I'm still not comfortable, even if I'm getting it right. Yeah, that's really helpful. Now, the problem is if you go through 200 of them that are flagged, as I guessed, then um, <laughs> your, your study, your study yeah, is going to be going to hit be, the books again. Yeah, going to be a long process. Yeah. yeah, something tells me at that phase, you may want to uh, just crack open the book just a little bit at, at <laughs> <Right>. that point. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, mean, I actually was looking through the assessment questions a little bit today um, in, be in between patients, actually. I was at the clinic <laughs> taking some of your practice questions. And uh, I was, it was cool because, like, when you first, before even you do question one, it asks, like, do you want to kind of, how kind of quickly you want to move through the, like, I guess the study portion. And so you could, Correct. it would start off, it looked like where it was like more of a moderate kind of midway speed, but you could actually accelerate that. And it's all based on when your test date is and, and all that, right? You got it. So the number of questions we show you each day, now granted, you can always do more or less, right? But each day you log in, you're going to pick your study schedule. So maybe you work five days a week and you say, okay, I can study Fridays and Mondays and maybe late at night on Wednesdays. You're going to put that into the schedule and you're going to tell us how many hours you can study. So then what our platform is going to do is to say, okay, to be able to get to the point where you know all this material, you need to study for this long, and then you put in your test date, and we're gonna say you need to do this number of questions a week, right? Mm -hmm. So if I log in right now and say, my test is tomorrow, I don't know anything, it's gonna tell me I need to do 1,900 questions in the next couple hours, right? <laughs> but- It's bold, <laughs> luckily, it's a bold strategy. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a strategy I would advise any of our customers <laughs> to use. Um, <laughs> But on the flip side, if you're saying, okay, I'm taking my exam in two months and I can study three days a week, we're going to show you X number of questions per day that you log in. And based on all the information we have, it's going to tell you if you study at the rate we're telling you, you will be ready by your test date to take the exam. That's awesome. And 
and then as far as like the actual questions, um, as you're going through and you're answering things right, it, like can you then go back and like let's say I'm answering questions on um, antiarrhythmics. If I get all those wrong, will it send me to like a specific study section on that aspect of cardiology or will it just keep giving me questions about those or how does that work? Good question. So within our platform, it's pretty much right now just questions. So we don't have a portion in the book to send you back to. Okay. So what it's going to do, though, is it's going to show you more questions in that topic area. Um, I think you said I'm going to butcher the terms, but uh, heart, right? So it, yeah, antiarrhythmics, yeah. yeah. Some heart stuff. It's cool. There we go. The I like it. Stuff, I like right? it. <laughs> if it's in that range, it's going to show you more questions that are related to that, but it may not map to that portion in the blueprint, right? So we may have questions in other sections that will mention anything related to that. And we're also going to say, hey, these questions can give you more practice that you haven't seen before also. So we'll pull in similar questions that will hopefully maybe get the juices flowing for you. So you say, oh, wait, I do know this. Then you jump back in and it triggers it for you. Gotcha. That makes sense. And then so basically if you're studying this, you start finding a section that you know, like you're not doing well on or whatever, you're getting more practice questions. And then from there, if you, if you needed to study further, you know exactly what to kind of pinpoint in your old textbooks, notes, things like that, and kind of refresh on. You got it. Cause, um, we have a score report so I can log in anytime. Um, and you know, if you guys have the product, you can log in anytime and see your performance by category and subcategory. So you can go in and say, I'm doing really well on how to evaluate results. And I'm doing pretty terrible on how to implement individual treatment plans. And then, you know, okay, I need to go study that section of my book. Gotcha. And then um, what about if, if a student like has a specific topic in mind, like let's say they're coming to the table knowing that they need to look up diabetes and that's the weak area for them. Can they find di di diabetes specific questions? So within the questions, we have it to where you can search the questions. Okay. You can search by question number or within it. Um, and then we also have a dedicated help team to where if, if you reach out to our, we have a content team to where if you have questions about the exam, how the order is, um, how we decide to give you questions, they can point to you and say, you need to go to these 10 questions, these 20 questions to study just diabetes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So as far as um, the the questions that, that you guys came up with, were these previously made that you pulled into the software were they specifically made for the software and is it the content team that created them um and are those primarily pharmacists or do they come from like a wide i think we touched on it a little bit earlier but is it a wide range of professions so with the questions we purchased some of them and we created some of them in-house um we did not make them specifically for the platform that we have Meaning that uh, if you two were my experts, I would have you write the questions on a fixed number of topics. And however you give them to me, I can put them back in the system. Right. Um, what we did do was try to focus on, though, the answer explanations. Right. So with those, we wanted the user to know not only why is your answer right. So I pick this one and it's right because blank. We then also wanted all of our content experts, such as Sarah and Kevin, to then go in and say, OK, and these other four choices are wrong because here. Right. Because right, we've noticed with students studying, oh, a lot of times if you get the answer wrong and you just see, well, the right answer was this, you're like, well, why is the one I picked wrong? Mm -hmm. 
So when we had our experts write the questions, they also went through and said, okay, if you missed it, you missed it because of this reason. Gotcha. So right. yeah, that's great. it gives you a little bit of an explanation. And so it's, it's something that you can get some information. You could, that way, again, you can go back to your notes and kind of dive further if you want to, but at least you have some sort of an idea of what was going on anyway, just from reading the Correct. question. Cool. So how, uh, you know, what's, you guys, this is a brand new program, right? I think this month is the first month it's been rolled out. Is that correct? You got it. How, how's everything been going so far with the, with the actual launch? Are, are you guys excited to have this kind of out there and in, in the market now? Sarah, do you want this one first or you want me to take this one? You go ahead and I can add any follow-up. All right, one super excited. Uh, launch day is always one of the most terrifying days you have, right? Um, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to have a healthcare got dove situation where <laughs> people try to log in and no one can access it. Um, so you're always worried about that, and then you're immediately monitoring customer service to see if we're getting questions saying it's wrong, it's in the wrong place, right? I can't access the material. Um, the launch went smoothly. We, it went off without a hitch which I can certainly say was a huge weight off most of our chest. Um, <laughs> and we haven't gotten a lot of content-related questions surrounding the material. Um, and some of our other products on the accounting side, we'll get, let's call it 10 to 15 questions per week. Most of the time, they're just clarifying questions. So we give you an answer and the customer wants to know why or they want a further explanation, right? Um, but we really have not had a lot of customer questioning the material or needing a follow-up, which means we wrote the answer explanation strong enough to where they can read it and not have to ask that next question. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So, so do you, if a student is studying using your software, they get stuck, they can call a helpline uh, with you guys and actually get further information. So for most of the content questions, we use email, but okay. yes, they could call. Um, and we have a dedicated email address for if they have, if they need further information and normally just what we do is we ask them to put the question number each of our 1900 questions has a unique number in it okay so you would say hey i was taking question number 1007 and i don't understand how the answer is or i don't understand why this other one is wrong and gotcha. then what we'll do is we'll farm it out to one of our subject matter experts like sarah and kevin sarah and kevin will take a look at it and provide further context Gotcha. Right. Yeah, the email definitely makes a lot more. At first, I thought there was like a phone line. I, I thought I'd heard you say something about a phone line. I was like, that's a bold strategy because yeah. you guys are going to be. <laughs> Sarah's getting... in there with a Bluetooth headset. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah's, right. Sarah's days right. off are no longer a uh, thing. <laughs> She's on call 24 <laughs> 7. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. Cool. So, with this being the initial month, um, as far as tracking how well it does going forward, as far as uh, results that students get, will there be any way for them to come back on and be like, oh, yeah, I passed? And, you know, next year with the, you know, 2022 exam, you can be like, um, we had a, a great result as far as pass rates go from uh, students who use this program, just another way to, you know, promote it going forward. Oh, absolutely. Um, so we have it right now to where you can decide how long you want to have the product for. So the product's based on one, three or six months. And let's say you have it for three months and you don't re-up. Well, if you're not still studying, we're going to prompt you to say, are you not restudying because you're taking a break or are you not studying because you passed? Right. If you passed, how did you do? Uh, so that's going to start to give us the data. Um, right now, I know you have to have a 75 out of 150 to pass the exam. 
So what our ReadyPass did is, given how we've looked at some other exams, we put a threshold of 70%, right? 75 out of 150 is a 50, right? But we said 70%. So right now, because we don't have enough of a data to really pinpoint it, we're saying if you have a 70, you should be able to pass. Right. Now, hopefully in two years, I really hope our product matches one-to-one, right? To where if you get a 51 in our product, you pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to constantly get information. And luckily for us, our platform is proprietary. So we manage everything. So if we can notice how much time you spend per question, um, how many times you do each question. And we can collect all that data and then point out and say, this is what has worked for students so far, or also times just as helpful, what hasn't worked. Right. That's cool. So the plan is to just constantly keep collecting that data and tweaking our f- f- formula based on how how the students we actually have are doing. Gotcha. So and with something this, you know, as, as broad of a subject as, I mean, all of pharmacotherapy, like the NAPLEX is, how, I mean, what's the process as far as like updating the questions and like kind of keeping them up to with current standards? Is it just, I mean, do you guys have like a, program that is there is that literally just your experts kind of going through the questions as time goes on right guideline updates and various things i'm sure would would change how the questions are yeah so anytime the guidelines are updated we're going to look at every question that would affect that update and say does this need to be changed and again that's going to be sarah and kevin's team that are going to go through each one and say okay it, did anything change here yes or no but then what we also do because we have both a continuing education side within no fully health um, we're also then going to know anything that's coming down the pipeline, right? So if we have any new medical pronouncements, any new studies that are going to make their way into the exam, our team's going to know that. And then we're either going to update existing questions if they've changed, or if we're adding new content, they're going to have to write new questions in new content. Right. Mm-hmm. So the plan is to be adding questions on an ongoing basis, right? We started off with 1,500 uh, the reason I've been quoting 1,900 is we have 400 more questions going in over the next 10 days. Um, and the plan is just to keep adding questions, right? So I want it to be, if you want to practice as many questions as you possibly want, that you have that option to see new question after new question. Yeah. That's cool. The um, I know from personal experience, like from when I was ta- when I was in school taking tests and things like that, you know, I never, I was just kind of, took my test, never really put too much thought into the questions or if they gave practice questions or whatever, never really put too much thought into it. And then, you know, after graduated and was in, you know, going on with my career, I started teaching uh, pharmacotherapy for PA school. I realized how insanely hard it is <laughs> to write questions <laughs> that actually make sense and that have like logical answers and things. It's a, that is a tough, tough thing. So, Sarah, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I don't envy you having to write 1900 of those things. <laughs> you know, it's actually one of my favorite things to do, write Test questions, but it? you're, you're, it is, you're absolutely correct though. There is both an art and a science to it. It's not just formulating a good question. That's of course an important element, but you've got to have then your correct answer and you've got to have three or more good distractors from the, the correct answer. And so putting all of those pieces together is something that I truly enjoy. So it was really a pleasure to be involved in the development of, of this product and, and to see it kind of come to life in front of us as our as our team worked on it. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I can remember many times, and it was never myself that um, had complaints <laughs> about a, a, a professor's question, you know. And if enough people complained, sometimes we would get points back, and you know, sometimes we wouldn't. But usually, because one of the distractor questions was too close to being right, or could probably be right, but it wasn't the the, the most right. Right, wasn't the most right. Right. Um, uh huh. But yeah, I, I do like this because personally, I prefer just to sit there and be able to go through countless. Um, questions. I like practice questions a lot more than like sitting there studying, reading the material, hundred pages of a textbook, um, which I'm sure you you know you have to do in some ways. But the more information I can get for practice questions, I think that's fantastic because it, it does give you a direct result of um, you know you had material that you think you know, and we're gonna we're gonna test and see how well I can do on it. You know, and let's say you're using a, another product right now and you just want more questions, right? So to your point, you just want to study more questions and you're now going through whatever product you have for the third time over and you're tired of seeing the same questions, right? I'm pretty sure if we're all at this stage, we can see answers in our head once you see a question so many times, right? right. Even, if you, even if you don't know the actual how to do it, you know the answer because you've seen it. Um, we have just a straight question bank product as well to where it doesn't have the adaptive technology but if you just want to go down and plow through practice questions like you're talking, you can get that product as well with us. So yeah. just sit there and just, just do practice question after question. Yeah, that's good. Because I never got too much out of doing a question twice because you're right. You know the answer. And even if you know you don't know the content surrounding it, you know what the correct answer for that question is. You got it. Yeah. Uh, and then and then honestly, that I think because I think some people would, would automatically just assume because it's a lot of programs have a, a giant thick textbook or at least some kind of study guide and then the questions. But I know for me personally, and it, it actually makes a lot more sense to start with the questions because you've already the, the studying comes from the years of school that you just accomplished. So that was supposed to be your bulk of your actual studying and learning. So if, and I know I did this like when I was doing studying for my board examinations, like, you know, for pharmacotherapy and for like diabetes education and whatnot, I was kind of, I would start with just the practice questions, find out where my holes were. And then I would go back and try to find it. Cause if you're trying to start from like page one on a giant 1500 page study guide i mean good luck getting through that in a timely <laughs> manner right. so i i like this method of studying personally a lot better than having a study book to kind of like start and just read through because i don't learn well from that anyway i'm a very kinetic learner so i think this is a really unique i definitely like the way this is set up because this is exactly how i would want to study if i was doing it and i'm not just saying that because you guys are on here that's legitimate <laughs> <laughs> well, i can go a step further oh sorry go ahead sarah I think that brings up a, a great point. When you're studying for the NAPLEX, lots of students, or, or I'm sorry, they're not really students any longer, they're, they're new grads, um, new grad pharmacists, are they're on a deadline. They have a contract from an employer or they're getting ready to start residency. And so they need to get that NAPLEX studying done um, in a high yield way so that they can pass their exam and, and get on to practice. And as you alluded to, there's not really time to relearn pharmacy school. That's why we all sat <laughs> in a classroom for three to four years and then our, our year out on rotations. And so it's really valuable to be able to go through these practice questions and, and identify the areas in which you need additional study. Then you've we all learned in pharmacy school how to access resources and what resources are out there. Then you can go and access your resources to learn if it's endocrine that you're, you're light in or perhaps you need a little bit um, more oncology, then we know how to find those resources and, and 
and use them. So this this tool, I think, is really valuable. And I wish something like this had been available when I was studying for the NAPLEX <laughs> yeah, and, and it makes, a few years ago. And it makes sense, too, because if you have a set study guide from a source, that's and that's the only thing you're using to study, I mean, they're not the ones that actually wrote the NAPLEX questions. And, and so it actually makes sense to do some practice questions, find out where the holes are, and then use multiple sources to kind of look up that information to go back to make sure you get kind of a well-rounded, um, I guess, you know, full spectrum look at that material instead of just exactly what they have. Because if they're missing something, cause, I mean, it's inevitable, you're going to miss something in medicine. It's just too broad that, you know, I think that if, if you have a set one study guide that you're using, that's kind of, I, I mean, I don't want to say setting up for failure, but kind of. Right. So Which people still pass that way. Yeah, but yeah, of course, of course yeah. it would be better yeah. because similarly, I mean, the, the, the point of a, study guide is that it's trim, right? So they try mm -hmm. to pick out specific yeah. information that they think is going to be important. And so what one person thinks is important might be different than what another resource thinks is important. Yeah. So this kind of sets you up to go back and then do your own research and get a full in-depth look at the same materials. Right. I like that. I'm a fan. I'm sold. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not a hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> I love practice. I was taking practice questions today. My, one of my students that's on rotation with me, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, I'm, I'm trying out this new program that just came out. And I said, I'm killing it, by the way. <laughs> she goes, yeah, I would hope so. Or I don't think I need to be on this rotation. <laughs> no, it's a very, it's very cool software. I like it a lot. So where do you see this kind of going as, you know, the, obviously it's a couple of weeks into the launch, but do you kind of have a, see a vision for how this is going to start to change and grow and adapt? Sure. So right now I would probably tell you that ours is to your point a second ago, is probably more of a supplemental material to other ways to study, like you're mentioning, right? You have your textbook study guide, other things that you've used before. Um, and our questions are going to help, help you get through that even faster, right? Because we've also seen on our accounting and finance side, the easiest, the most effective way to study is questions. So we can track how much time students spend in textbooks and some of our other products versus watching videos versus questions. And the ones that spend more time in questions do better. Right? So we know that's a better way. But what we want to ultimately do is as we start growing this product and building it out is we want it to be your one-stop shop for study materials. So we want to have a reference guide to where if you're studying diabetes, you can click on a link and it takes you to the portion in the book that talks about diabetes. We then also want to have videos for any of the more probably calculation-based products that walk you through how to do it. So right now, we do think we're more of a supplemental type material, again, to either another product or other study tools. But once we get this full product um, in the future, we think this can be an actual one-stop stop for shutting because we'll have the book, the videos, and these, you know, by that point, probably a few thousand questions to be able to go through. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that's awesome. What do you guys think about as far as, let's say there's a pharmacist that's been in like community pharmacy or retail pharmacy for, you know, several years. It feels like they're kind of out of the loop with some of the more like ambulatory care type subjects or just clinical pharmacy in general. Um, do you think this is something they could actually use to kind of get back up to speed and, and kind of at least put them in the right track for gaining some of that clinical knowledge back if they're looking for like a job change or something like that? I do. I think that especially with our ability to search the questions to look for topic areas that they may not feel confident in, I think it could be of value to someone 
looking to make that change that you were mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And particularly with the adaptive tech, if they go that route, one of the things they may not also know some of the material that's been updated, but they may also think they know some of that older material better than they do. So when they take that assessment that you were taking with your um, student coming by, right, they may take the assessment and go, oh, this has changed if they didn't know it's changed. Yeah. So it's kind of a way to give you both indicators, right? Like, hey, here's the things that have changed since you last took it. And here's some things that you thought you knew really well. You may need to spend some more time on it. Yeah, no, for sure. That's uh, and I'm, I, I would be willing to bet if somebody's been out of school for a few years, especially if there's there's an area of like clinical pharmacy they haven't looked at in a while, it's definitely changed. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that might be a good uh, wake up call for some people too. So you kind of get back in there and start the learning process again. That's that's great. So. Um, to, to kind of put you on the spot a little bit as far as uh, geriatrics, um, you know, we always try to incorporate some kind of a clinical aspect to the podcast episodes. Um, for the non-pharmacy people listening or even the, the practicing pharmacists and things like that, what do you, you already touched on what kind of led you to geriatrics, but what are some of the, I guess, you know, tips and tricks and things like that? Because when I'm looking at a patient who is, otherwise healthy if I'm just treating like hypertension or diabetes you know I may not have to worry as much about their renal function and things like that that's going on but geriatrics potentially can throw in a lot of different curveballs into pharmacy you know pharmacotherapy regimens and things like that so do you have is there any kind of like things that stand out to you um, if you're working with a patient that you kind of are looking for or I know it's a very broad question but something you're kind of um has changed up how you look at patient care versus if you're just looking at adult, you know, standard adult pharmacotherapy? Sure. One of the, the most important things that I always try to do is make sure that I have a complete up-to-date med list. And you'd think that would be straightforward, but it certainly can be complicated. Um, everyone has heard the term polypharmacy and no one can really settle on a definition of how many drugs constitutes polypharmacy. It depends on what study you're reading. But as we age, we have more conditions. We need medications to, to treat those conditions. And sometimes we need medications to treat things that come from the medications we're using to treat our conditions. So the, the drug list can get really complicated really quickly. And all patients, not just seniors, don't often think of everything that should be on that drug list. It's not just the things that you're getting from your physician that are dispensed at the pharmacy. It's stuff that you're buying over the counter, stuff that you're picking up at the grocery store. Um, sometimes we need to know things about the patient's diet that impact their, their med list. So keeping that up-to-date med list of you know all names, doses, directions, the indication, the prescriber, any other important information and making sure that it includes all prescriptions, over-the-counters, supplements, just anything that that patient might be taking is really key. That's where you have to start. And from there, it's figuring out, there, there are a couple of different ways I could go, but you, you want to figure out what are the issues for this patient. And we, we all talk about the, the beers criteria um, as a starting point for medication management in, 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 adult, in older adults. So you want to look at, are they taking any medications that are potentially inappropriate and why? Uh, not just because the medication is on the beers list, 
but let's look at the patient in front of us and see what problems they might experience from their therapy and see if we can address that. You got to watch the drug interactions and side effects. The more drugs we add on, the more likely it is that we get an unintended interaction or side effect. And then I also um, would say, keep your mind out or keep your eye out for safer alternatives. Maybe the patient has allergies and they've been taking um, one of those first generation antihistamines, like maybe they take a Benadryl every time they feel a little tickle in their throat or their nose starts running. What's a safer alternative for that patient? Um, Look for opportunities to deprescribe and reduce pill burden. Maybe the patient was discharged from the hospital on a proton pump inhibitor and they no longer have heartburn. So that's an opportunity to get a med off of the list and reduce the number of medications that the patient's taking every day. I could talk about geriatrics for a whole like two hour <laughs> podcast and that's all. So, I love it. So basically we need to have you on for a follow up <laughs> and we'll do just, just <laughs> clinical stuff. Maybe so. Yeah, that's great. And I, I'm glad you brought that up too, because something and something actually that just happened to me personally, where uh, my my grandmother is she's in her 80s and she has been seeing the same physician for a long time. And there's been times where she gets prescribed certain things. I'm just kind of like, oh, geez, okay, why are we doing this? But I try to not, you know, she loves this guy, so I try not to, you know, step on anybody's toes. But for example, like we've mentioned in the beer criteria or better alternatives, you know, they gave her. Uh, she's been on amitriptyline 50 milligrams for migraine prophylaxis and takes it every day well then her physician told her well it's not working so we're going to just triple the dose i'm not oh my. sure why they you know amitriptyline at 150 milligrams you know is interesting in an 80 year old but that, we'll leave that alone and uh so she misunderstood what he meant because she's always used to having the 50 milligrams. So he wrote her a prescription for the new 150 mm. so each pills, 150. She thought she was supposed to take three of those to equal her new dose. So she's taking 450 milligrams of amitriptyline had, I mean, the horrible orthostatic hypotension and f- fell and smacked her head against the wall because she was completely. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, that's, so many steps in the system that was supposed to catch that should not. And, and it's just, it's, it's terrible to see. And obviously it's my own family member and it's hard, but that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's super important for us to kind of like really assess those medications and why are we using it? Is this the best therapy? You know, is, is there going to be more of a side effect risk for someone who is elderly, the fall risk, all that stuff. And um, yeah, I think that's super important to, yeah, and proper patient understanding when yes. you're switching a medication. Yes. You know? So, yeah, I appreciate you kind of sharing that. We definitely need to have a follow-up episode with you because I don't think we've done like a really in-depth look at geriatric dosing or anything like that. So maybe we'll have to, uh, if, you're, if you want to, maybe we can get you back on. Um, sure. So as far as um, No Fully Health, you know, how, how can people find you? What's the website, um, social media platforms? Where can people find this program at? So we are just um, Nofully Health. If you Google us, we come. We we uh, do come right up. But we're also um, most of our site is nofullyhealth.surgent.com. Will also show up. Okay. Uh, that that'll be for our product. Um, um, if you also Google Nofully and Naplex, we'll come up right away for you as well. 
Okay. And no uh, Foley so is K N O W F U L L Y, not N O F U L L Y. You got it. Do you see what we did there? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the product did just launch this month. Um, we did not have a No Foley Health site before this month. So you know this this is something newer, but if you just go to Nofully Health again, K N O W F U L L Y Health.com, it'll take you right to our homepage. You can see the courses we have. Uh, you can have the contact us. You can look at the two different course offerings we have for Naplex. Um, but also for some of your listeners, as we continue to grow our product line and expand into other sectors of the health area, you're, this is where everything is going to be housed under. So when you come to No Fully Health, you're going to see everything from the NAPLEX to continuing education to whatever new products we add. This was our first launch. So right now, if you go to No Fully Health, it's pretty much just this, to be honest. Um, but in the future, this is where we're going to have anything that relates to our health product sector. It's going to come right into here. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, I get in uh, what about social media. So a lot of our a lot of our followers that are on Instagram and Facebook and things like that. Do you guys have social media platforms that you should check out? Yes, we do. Right. Um, so the we same. Are, yep, under the same thing, just Nofully Health. Okay, great, perfect. And we'll we'll put links to those in the show notes too. I'll make sure I get the the web links and URLs and all that. You got it. Yep, it's right now we're under. Um, yep, we we have our Facebook. It's Nofully Healthcare Education is our Facebook page. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely uh, put the links to that. And then um, we'll link it on our Instagram and stuff as well, too, and push some traffic y'all, y'all's way, hopefully. Can you tell we're in South Carolina? I say y'all too much during the podcast. <laughs> I, try to, I try to stop myself and it comes out anyway. But um, well, I mean, a good portion of our health care um, team is actually out of South Carolina. So okay, I'm up in New go. York, but most of our health team is down there with you guys. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, we are educated. We just <laughs> say that. We, we just say y'all. <laughs> She's weird contractions. She's weird contractions that don't exist in the English language. Yeah. So, well, um, that's great. And then I will, uh, on, on my Instagram page, we're going to talk through um, a, uh, a little giveaway I think we're uh, planning. And um, we'll put that out there. So make sure that anybody listening, go and check that out. And um, is there anything else y'all want to add before we kind of wrap it up? Um, I appreciate y'all taking the time to be on here today. Um, no, I just want to say thank you guys so much for having us. Um, if you can't tell, Sarah and I are both pretty excited about the product and where we plan to go in the future. So this is a space we're happy to be in, um, and we thank you for taking the time with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, well, I'll, like I said, if you're listening, I will definitely put some links out, and then um, I will put some inform- more information on, on Instagram so you can uh, find out there um, all about the program and where to go to see more information. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions at all, make sure you hit up um, Cole or I on either email or any of the social media platforms. Um, if you want to text me directly, um, send a text to 415-943-6116 and I will do my best to answer your pharmacology questions as quickly as I can. And, um, you know, like I said, just thank you so much for listening and thank you for taking the time and we will see you next time later.